Welcome back to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. My name is John. I am the host for this week's episode. We are so glad that you are joining us, and it's going to be a great episode. If it's your first time joining us, thanks so much. Welcome to the Tiger Wire family. Make sure you follow us over on Twitter at or X, whatever you want to call it, at the Tiger Wire. It's at the Tiger Wire. You can join us for all of our inside information, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, it's a lot of great stuff over there. We'd love for you to join our community on social media. You can also check out our website for our blog post and more information about who we are and what we do at thetigerwire.com. That's thetigerwire.com. You can check over there. We put a blog post up after every single game. Uh, So make sure you join us for all that. But today is going to be a great episode. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Uh, We're going to be talking about two big things. We're going to go through and we're going to do a roster rankings for our Clemson basketball team. We're also going to give some season predictions. We're going to go through and predict what our schedule is going to look like, how we do against our non-conference schedule, how we perform against our ACC, what we finish in the tournament, that kind of stuff. We're going to go into all of that this episode. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm so glad that you're here. Just a reminder, this podcast is dedicated to bring you fan-driven insights of Clemson Tigers athletics, all sports, all passion, all of the time. And so it is going to be a great day. Thanks so much for being here. And so it is officially opening day for the 2023-2024 Clemson basketball men's team. Uh, It is November 6th. We can play Winthrop tonight. It's going to be a great season. And here on the Tiger Wire, we actually have some exciting news. Uh, We went to the opening game against our exhibition game. So the game didn't really count for our schedule, but we went to it. And we actually have been received media credentials to cover Clemson basketball this year. So that means every home game this year, we're going to be sitting on media row. We're going to be at the stadium. We're going to be in press conferences so this year make sure you continue to join us for this uh episode for this podcast make sure to join us here on the tiger wire because we're going to bring you some uh one-of-a-kind content some content you cannot find anywhere else so we are excited about this season and how it's going to look and so we thought the best way to kick off the opening day the best way to kick off this season will be to go through and give a ranking for all of our players to go through and give a ranking for each of our players on the clemson roster this year kind of give a little breakdown of who they are are, why we think they're important. Um, So we're going to go through there. We broke this ranking down into five different categories, and this ranking is not one that's based on talent or just skill alone. So I'm going to say these are rankings. These are our Clemson Tiger Wire uh, top 16 rankings. And so you might hear these, and you might think one is more talented or more skillful than another that's ranked below them. We didn't just rank based off pure skill. We ranked based off their ability, based off their leadership, based off their presence, about their year. Um, so, instance, if two players are the exact same and one is younger, we might lean towards the younger one just because they have another year. They can bring a better impact to the program for not just this year. So, this ranking is based off Clemson men's basketball as a whole, not just talent, not just this year. So, with that being said, we're going to jump in. Like we said, we had five different categories. So, our first category is called the court hopefuls. These are the ones that probably won't see much playing time this year. That doesn't mean that they aren't important or they don't play a role. They all bring a lot to the table. And so we're going to get started. 16th, we have Daniel Nazif. And then 15th, we have Matt Kelly. 
Both of these guys, they're juniors. They've been at Clemson their entire collegiate career. Um, both guys are guys that I would trust being a part of like role players if injuries caused it. Their talent, their skill, they definitely have upsides to their games. Uh, but honestly, their bench presence is huge. Both of these players, they show up each and every day. They put their all for their team. And then during the games, they know that they're probably not going to see it unless it's a ugly score, not a close score at the end. But they are involved the entire time. They're hyping up their team. They're engaged. They're cheering on. They're going well. They are a part of the team. And you see, culture is one thing that Clemson basketball holds pride. They they hold that really important. And the culture doesn't isn't just influenced or changed by the people at the top. Culture is also a part and is real based on the players at the bottom. The players at the bottom of the bench are just as much as important as the people at the top. And these two, uh, Daniel and Matt, are two players that help keep that culture and chemistry so high that Clemson's known of. So starting the ranking, 16-15, Daniel Nazif, and then 15, Matt Kelly. Number 14 is one of probably one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard about Clemson or about any college basketball. It's number it's number 14 on our list. It's Andrew Latif. Andrew is a really cool story. He was a senior, he was a manager on the Clemson basketball team uh, last year. wasn't a player, wasn't a scholarship player. Um, he was just a manager, and now he is a senior. And because of the hard work, the constant effort he's put in, uh, showing Brad Brunell, he was there to make a difference, to really be a part of the team. Um, because of all that, he actually received a scholarship and is on the team, has a roster spot this year. Uh, this past game uh, against Newberry, the exhibition game, he hit a shot late in the game, and the crowd and this team went crazy wild, like it was ridiculous you would have thought it was a buzzer beater everybody went crazy in the press conference brad even talked about the role that uh andrew makes and how important he is to the team saying that he's an amazing scout team player uh, in the exhibition game he actually threw up four shots in a row two three of which were on the same possession with offensive boards uh, he didn't make a lot of those he only went one for four but he was shooting them up with confidence he, he didn't hesitate at all and so that was asked uh, we asked brad about that in the press conference and uh, he responded by saying how uh, andrew is such a great part of the scout team because he has that confidence and ability to just keep shooting so Andrew he's a great difference he he brings a great vibe a great it's a great experience and a great uh, personality to the Clemson men's basketball team so that's why he's at 14 for us um, so that's the end of our first section the court hopefuls that lead us to the next section of the category the Nets group the Nets tiers you could call it and that's going to be the unknowns you see, we call it the unknowns, not because of their talent, not because of their skill is unknown. We know that they're great players. We know that they can make an impact. We call it the unknowns because we're not sure how big of an impact they're going to have. With this, These players could have a massive impact, could play valuable minutes, huge roles, or they could also maybe not see the court as much. And so we got three players in this section. Um, they all three have different upsides. So we got number 13 is Jack Hydebreeder. Number 12 is Boss Letty. Jack Hydebreeder, 13, 12, Boss Letty. Both these guys are really interesting. Jack is a junior guard, a transfer from the Air Force. Played really well at the Air Force, uh, played there a couple years. And Boss, though, is a graduate transfer, so he's only got one year of eligibility left, and he's actually from the Netherlands. These guys are ranked very similar on our list, but they have very different potentials. I mean, very different potentials. Jack has the potentials to get minutes, but only if injuries are allowed. You see, he's got a great shot. He's a great guard. Um, he's really an electric two player. 
But because of the talent that Clemson has and because of the depth, I don't see him getting a lot of time on the court. I don't see him making a big impact unless injuries really cause him to have a spot that opens. A press member asked Brad at the press conference against Newberry after the game about Jack and about how if he'd see the court. And Brad's response was how much he loved Jack and he loved his potential. He loved his ability in his game, but he doesn't know if he's going to see a lot of action because of the depth at the guard position. And then going on to Bosletti, Boz saw some really good action against Newberry. And honestly, I think he'll see the court this season. I think he'll get some minutes. He'll play some valuable minutes. Uh, but I think his main role is going to be giving our big men a rest. I think his main responsibility is going to be going in, eating up some time, getting some board, having a defensive force, playing the role of that big man in the paint. I'm not sure if he's going to be putting up a lot of points or stacking the boards or anything like that. Um, during the game against Newberry, he, he had some uh, sloppy turnovers, some sloppy plays, but he also had some great moments. So I think he'll be in the game, so he'll have some moments, but I think it's mainly going to be giving our big men, our, uh, give our starters and our bench players a little bit of rest if they need it. And then that goes to number 11, Asa Thomas. Asa is probably the one that I'm keeping the closest eye on. He's our highest recruit from this year's past team, or this past year. He's the only freshman on the team. Um, honestly, I don't know if Asa will get a lot of time this year, but I really think in years to come, this kid is going to be something special. I mean, I really think he's going to be good. Against Newberry, it was clear. He got saw some minutes. I think he played 14 minutes. Uh, he understood the plays. He understood the defense. He was meshing with the team. Honestly, you can tell Asa and Boss have played a lot together because they had great chemistry on the court. They knew where they were going to be. They were feeding off each other on defense. And Asa, when you look at him, he might seem small, but he's 6'7". He's a good size in the forward position. Uh, I actually asked Coach Brad in the press conference. I asked him, I said, Coach, uh, great to see Asa out there with all the time. In 14 minutes he's getting, he didn't put up a lot of points, but he had a great time. Do we think we'll be able to see him continue that throughout the season getting minutes? And Brad responded that Asa's great. He loves his game. He loves his potential. Uh, but because of his youth and the other talent on the court, probably not going to see a lot of minutes this year. Uh, but I'm telling you, this is the guy that I'm going to keep my eye on because I think he's going to be really something special in a couple years. And so that is the end of our second tier, uh, the unknowns. And it leads us to our third tier, our middle spot, um, which is bench heat. Bench heat. You see, these guys will be coming off the bench this year, but I really think they have a good chance of making huge packs and huge impacts in games with their skill. They all have something about their game that they can really keep uh, or they can really change momentums in games and bring a lot off the bench. So it's bench heat. Number 10 is Dylan Hunter. Dylan is a sophomore for us. He averaged 12 minutes per game last year. Uh, it's really cool. He's actually the brother of our starting guard, Chase Hunter. And Dylan is probably mo most known for his vision on the court. Watching him against Newberry, it really seemed like he always made the right reads. If it was a skip pass that needed, he did it. If it was a swing, he swung it. If it was a drive, he would drive. He'd dish it out. He would shoot. He didn't force much. Um, he didn't feel like he was uh, panicking or out of fo focus or anything like that. Honestly, he seemed like he was focused in and dived in and really knew the right reads to make. Defense, you can tell he's a little young and that I think he'll develop a little bit more there as well as his shot. Um, I think he can continue working on that a little bit more. But I'm really excited to see Dylan uh, next year when Chase isn't there anymore for us, taking, Dylan taking over for us in a more impactful role. Number nine is Josh Beadle. 
Josh is a returning junior. Last year, he made two starts for us. He averaged about 13 minutes a game. He didn't light up the stats, but the games that he went off, he really made a difference, right? Um, he had a couple games where he really had some big shots, some big moments, uh, and really caught the fans into it, got the culture going, got the environment going. Uh, Josh, has he's one of those players that will go really quiet for most of the year, but he'll have some moments that you won't forget. Against Newberry, he has moments that were he really had moments that mimicked what we just said. He had some moments that were really pretty and showed off, and then the rest of the game, you're like, oh, okay, he was out there too. But uh, I think he's going to be great. I think he's got a lot of time to improve, or he's kicking off his halfway point. He's kicking off his junior year, uh, so I think he can improve this year and then come back more next year. He has a real good ball skill, nice jump shot, can be shifty on defense. I'm excited to see him on the court this year. Our next tier, we have two players in this next one. It's called Spontaneous Starts. Uh, these guys are all going to make plays. They're all going to have a great year. And I think there's a really good chance that they could see a couple starts this year, even if they don't look or might not seem like they're going to make a great, huge impact. And so number eight is Alex Hemingway. Alex is by far my favorite player on this team. I mean, he is 100% my favorite player on this year's team. He's a crowd favorite. He's there. There's something about him when he gets in the games, uh, the game, the fans come alive. Um, when he gets in, he is the fans are electric. They're cheering him on. When he hits a shot, the whole stadium goes wild. There's something about Alex's game that just really is special. He's definitely a 3 and D kind of player. He's not going to drive. He's not going to dunk on anybody. But he's got a great, pretty three-point shot, and he can hold his own on defense. Alex has been at Clemson for four years. He's entering his final season as a Tiger. In career, he's averaging, and honestly, stats might appear low, only 5.4 points a game, um, but there's definitely been some huge games and huge moments from him over his career. In his career, he shoots 50% from the field, 47% from the three. Uh, last year, he had three games with at least three threes all last year, and he also had five double-digit scoring games. Uh, honestly, last year he started a lot of games. I don't know if that'll be the case this year, just with some of the other talent that we have. And there's a lot of people fighting for spots. But either way, he brings a huge excitement and a fire to the game. I can't wait to see him get back. He was the only player we didn't get to see against Newberry. Uh, every other player we got to see on the court, Alex is still struggling from a hamstring injury. When Brad was asked about it in the post conference, he responded that he's still working through it. He's getting close, but he hasn't started practicing yet. So we hope Alex gets healthy soon so we can see him back on the court. Number seven is R.J. Godfrey. Alex is my favorite player. R.J. is for sure my favorite personality. Watching him, he's always laughing. He's always smiling. You can tell his teammates like playing with him. You can tell he's a friend. In the press conference, I was able to ask him about the chemistry of the team, and he responded by quoting his coach saying that the team chemistry was this year's super or the team's superpower. I love his presence and his energy that he brings. But more than that, he's also a stud on the court. Last year, he didn't have a lot of scoring addition to the team, but he was second on the team with 17 blocks. And in a game against Newberry, the exhibition game last week, he was the sixth man, came in the first one off the bench, and he finished with some excellent production. I really think between his defensive presence, his ability to pull boards, and good scoring in the paint that he has, he'll be a huge contribution to this year's team. Our last category, our fifth and final category, is our starting six. I know we only start five, but I call it the starting six for a couple reasons. One is I think there's two players that we're going to talk about on this list that are going to be interchangeable in the starting lineup. So we'll get to that in a second. And then the second reason I think is that these sits are going to start, they're going to rotate starting because for the first time in a long time, Clemson is a deep team. 
They have a lot of depth on the bench. They have a lot of talent, and they honestly have a lot of size too. So I think Brad is going to experiment with some rotations, with some matchups to find that perfect started lineup, and I think it's going to cause almost like a rotating six that rotates who's starting, who's not. Obviously, you'll have a couple that start no matter what. Like P.J. Hall is going to start every game he's healthy, uh, but the others I think can rotate in and out. Starting off this list, number six, Jack Clark. If Jack was a year younger, just one year younger, he'd probably be a top two for us, honestly. I love his game. But the fact that he's on his last year with us and is a graduate transfer from NC State, so this is his first year with us. Uh, Because of those two, I have him at six, um, and I think he can only make an impact this year, and it might be a slow start just because he's still learning the program. But with all that said, Jack is a special player. He came in off the bench against Newberry, and I honestly think the only reason he didn't start is because he was nursing an injury all the offseason. So he really hasn't had much time to practice with the team to get first-team reps. So I think as he gets more and more comfortable with the team, more and more used to everything going on, I really think we'll see him in the starting lineup being a part of that rotation. He'll be one of the two players that I say rotate and interchange without with another player later on we'll get to. But Jack has a lot of length. He he sits 10 is what he's listed at. He's got a great three-point shot. He can dish it. can rebound. He's as tall as a center, but as a gameplay that aligns with a really good small forward, I'm really excited to see the impact that Jack Clark's going to bring to this year's team and the success he's going to help us manifest. Number five is Chase Hunter. Chase is our veteran. He's right. He's this is his fifth year as a Tiger, and each year he's gotten better and better. Last year, he had a career year with almost 14 points, three boards, and almost five assists. He also averaged a steal every two games, had decent shooting percentage, and out of all our games last year, he had double digits in 26 of them. A lot of people think that his scoring is going to go down this year with the addition of a couple players and talent, but I honestly don't think so. I think those players are going to take attention off of Chase and allow him to more have more open looks. He'll have a little different role with another really good guard to come later on this list, but I think in the game against Newberry and Ohio State, he was the one running the point. He was the one bringing the ball down. I think he's still going to be doing that, and he's going to make a big difference for us. My biggest worry for him is defense. Uh, there were times where he can get lost on switches on defense or in the zone. He can get lost lost a little bit so I think if he can pull his weight defensively he's in a grip for a great year his biggest strength is definitely his ability to get others involved he you can never say he's a selfish player he might make a couple silly shots or shots he shouldn't take but he wants getting people involved and honestly I think this year we're going to see his assist numbers go way up this year I'm really excited about the year he's going to have Number four, I have someone that probably other people have a little bit higher. Uh, I have Joseph Gerard. Joseph Gerard, probably other everyone else probably has him like two, three. Some might even have him at one. He's a top five scorer in the ACC last year for Syracuse. Yes, he's experienced. He's a proven offensive threat. Look, I know Joseph Gerard is going to be outstanding for us this year. He looked good already against oh, Newberry in the get, oh, exhibition game. But there's a couple other players that I think are going to play more of an importance to the Clemson basketball program, and that's. That's why we get him out at the four. My biggest concern for Gerard is learning the program. Look, Clemson is such a different program than Syracuse is. I mean, in New York, they pretty much exclusively run the 2-3 zone. That's it. And Clemson runs 2-3, but they also run a good bit of man coverage. So with him learning and being able to go back to man coverage after not playing it for four years, I'm kind of worried about that. Um, but my his biggest strength, I'm not going to put it as his three-point shot. His three-point shot is amazing. Very good. He's a strong shooter. But honestly, I think his biggest strength is his leadership. 
Last year, looking at the Clemson team, one of the things we needed more than anything was a player that would motivate and keep our guys level-headed in some big moments. And I really think Joe's going to come in and be that guy. So I'm really excited about him and him being a Tiger this year, watching him in the right color orange. And then number three, we have Chauncey Wiggins. Joe is probably lower than most people would have him on my list. Chauncey is probably higher than most people would have him on my list. You see, listen, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and predict this right now. You ready? Bold prediction right now. Mark it down. Put it in your books. Put some money on it. Chauncey Wiggins will win ACC Player of the Year in two years from now. In the 2025-2026 season, Chauncey Wiggins will win the ACC Player of the Year for the Clemson Tigers. He's only a sophomore right now, and he is special. He's listed at 6'10 and a half, but plays seven foot. He plays the forward position, but he can play anywhere. He can shoot, he can grab boards, he brings an effort that'll allow Clemson to spread the floor like never before. If this list was only about this year and the potential, the success that this year will come, I'd probably switch Chauncey and Jack Clark. Uh, these two are the two that are interchangeable for the starting lineup. But for the program as a whole, Chauncey almost made it higher. I'm not going to lie. I almost put Chauncey at the two spot. I firmly believe that he's going to start a third of our games this year. And then next year in senior season, he's going to make a run for that ACC player of the year and win it in two years. To show his versatility, let me share what R.J. Godfrey said in his post-game interview after the Newberry game. He explained how this offseason, Chauncey has played anywhere from the five all the way up to the two. He can play any position on the court. He's played the center, power forward, small forward, and the shooting guard all this offseason, and it's really been successful at all of it. They asked Brad Burnell the same question about it, and he was like, yeah, look, Chauncey is versatile. He can play anywhere on the court and makes whoever he's playing with so much better. This year, he's going to have a huge impact, and the potential for him to be able to be huge next year and the year after is massive. So watch out for this guy. Mark it down. Number two for Clemson basketball, this guy probably is a little higher as well than other people would have him, uh, Ian Shefflin. Look, Ian is entering his junior year with the Tigers, and I can't wait to see how this year goes. He is my pick for the ACC Most Improved Player. Uh, in his sophomore season, he only averaged four points or five points and four boards. I don't see a world where that doesn't drastically improve. I could easily see him doubling his averages this year. He's put on more muscle. He continues to be good in the paint. On the perimeter, he's also good. His passing shows glimpses of excellence, and I love the spirit he brings to the game. Last year, there were moments where we would watch him and think, uh, he, he looks like kind of like a kid, maybe a little awkward on the court, right? Uh, there was sometimes you looked at him and you're like, really, that's who we're going with? Um, and I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful, but that's just sometimes he was awkward on the court. I immediately he ran out of the tunnel against Newberry and watching him in the shoot around and during all parts of that game, completely different player. I mean, he showed up completely different. He's had so much growth. He played like a grown man on the court. Uh, I'm really excited about seeing his season or his growth continue to happen throughout the course of this season. Um, I mean, I have him at number two over some really talented players for our roster. So I put some respect on that man's name. Uh, he's going to be great this year. And that leads us to number one. Our number one player is, no surprise, the good old P.J. Hall. P.J. almost didn't come back to Clemson this year as he considered going pro, but I think he made an excellent choice. He's listed at 6'10 and a half, big man, entering his fourth season as a Tiger. Last year he averaged 15 and 5, but he brings so much more to the table than that. He can dominate in the paint. He's got some shifty layups, a floater. He can bring dominance and powerful slams, but he's also an excellent perimeter shooter. 
On defense, he's big enough to stay with any postman in the league. Uh, my only worry about him is the same as what Brad Brunell said in the postgame interview. Brad stated how P.J. has tremendous athletic skill going up and getting up and down, but sometimes he's a little slow athletically moving laterally, side to side on the court. I'm hoping he can pick up some agility and acceleration to match that explosiveness that he has. If so, he could make a run at an all-ACC first team this year. And that is the Tiger Wires roster ranking for this year's men's Clemson basketball team. With all that being said, with all that being the case, it leads up to the next part of the episode, and that is our prediction for this year's Clemson's basketball team season. Look, I really think that the Clemson Tigers are going to have a great year. We have experience at the helm with Brad entering his 14th season as a head coach at Clemson. We have an experienced team, but it's not one without youth either. We have a great spot in age. I might ask a couple freshmen personally, uh, but overall we don't have too many old guys, too many young guys. And with the roster that we just spent an excess amount of time breaking down, uh, an experienced coach, and I really think, I really, really think we're in a great spot for a tremendous season. Our schedule is pretty friendly too. Looking at our schedule, we got 10 non-conference matchups to go with 20 conference games. Um, non-conference opponents, they include a game at home against Boise State, on the road against a ranked Alabama. That's going to be a big matchup for the ACC-SEC competition. We also play USOC like we do every year. That's University of South Carolina, in case you were wondering. Uh, but this year, this year we play at them at Clemson. Uh, we also play TCU at home. We play on the road at Memphis. We also have some smaller matchups like UAB, Alcorn State, and Radford. And don't forget, the season starts tonight at home against Winthrop. You see, I think our non-conference schedule. I think if we walk away anything less than eight and two, it hurts. I think anything less than eight and two it hurts. Seven and three is manageable, but still hurts bad. If we lose four of those games. I don't even want to talk about the season. Like it's it's dangerous for us if we walk away losing four or more of those games. I'd say eight and two is realistic. I honestly my prediction is nine and one, but going ten and zero against those opponents will be huge and isn't too far away from where it should be. And then we get into our ACC schedule. In an upcoming episode, we're going to break down the ACC this year and our prediction for the rankings there. But I honestly think that the ACC will have an up year. Last year, people said it kind of had an off year, maybe the ACC going downhill in basketball. I think that's going to reverse this year. I really think ACC is going to step it back up. I think we have a minimum of four teams in the big tourney and could easily see up to six or seven teams make it. You see Clemson's schedule, it has their ups and downs in conference play. Our opponents that we face twice this year are tough. We're going to play a ranked Miami twice, a ranked UNC twice, and then play both Syracuse and Pittsburgh twice as well. We also have a tough matchup of going to Cameron Indoor against Duke late January, so that's going to be a tough one. But looking through our schedule, we don't have a long stretch of games that appear to be super challenging or hard. I mean, our biggest back-to-back game is January 3rd at Miami, then January 6th hosting UNC. Uh, We end the season favorably with Georgia Tech, FSU, Pitt, Notre Dame, Cuse, and Wake. So looking through our season, it's looking like it's going to be a tough middle half of the season. But honestly, all around the ACC, it's going to be dangerous. The ACC is going to be good. And I firmly believe, like we said, that the top six or seven teams in the ACC could beat almost anyone throughout the country. So with that conference schedule... We went six, 14 and 6 last year. I think if we replicate that record from last year, we're okay with it. I could see us going as good as 16 and 4. If we drop more than 6 and end up like 12 and 8, oh, I, I think something's going there. That's that's disappointed. I think 12 and 8 or worse is pretty disappointed on this season. Uh, I really think we're in the running for a great year of Clemson basketball. I think we have a lot of talent. We have the schedule, we have the coaches, and definitely the fan base to make it an electric gear. 
So with all that being said, here are my overall predictions for the Clemson Tigers season. So overall, I think we go 9-1 and non-conference. I think we drop a close game to Alabama. I don't think Alabama's better than us. I just think it'll be our first big matchup of the season on the road and could see us dropping that one. So I think we go 9-1 and non-conference. Um, and then ACC play, I honestly think we'll do better. I think we'll go 15-5. and um, I think three of those losses is I think we come, uh, we lose that game in Duke. We beat them last year. Uh, we can definitely beat them again. Uh, but I think we drop that game, and then I think we split with UNC and Miami. So that's three of the losses. I think we'll lose two other games. Uh, so, yeah, I think 15-5 and five in the ACC. So, overall, I think we finish the season going 24-6. and six. I think we finish the season as a ranked team and come in third in the ACC again. The Clemson, I think we're going to make a deep run in the ACC tournament, probably lose in the quarter semifinals. Uh, we've never won it before, only been to the finals a couple times. I don't know if this is the year to win the finals. It could be great. That'd be awesome if we won the ACC tournament. Uh, I'm predicting a semifinals loss. Uh, I think we make the big tournament as a nine seed. And honestly, I could see him making a run. My prediction is we make it back to the Sweet 16 this year after not making the tournament last year. And so to continue with predictions, walking through awards, I think Brad Brunell is, the running, is in the running for Coach of the Year. I don't think he wins it. I think Ian Shefflin will win ACC Most Improved Player and All-ACC Second Team. I think P.J. Hall will win All-ACC First Team, finish top four in the ACC Player of the Year running. I think Joe Girard will also finish All-ACC Second Team. And those are my predictions and outlooks for the upcoming season. We will have an episode at the end of the season to kind of look back at this episode at our predictions and see how close we are. But with all that being said, that is going to do it for this episode. That is our thoughts on this year's roster rankings as well as our prediction for this year's season. Hey, let us know your thoughts over on Twitter. We'd love to hear thoughts about what we talked about. What's your stance on a roster breakdown? Who do we sleep on? Who do we put too high? Also, shoot us over your predictions for the Clemson Tigers. We're, we might have a little giveaway where whoever predicts uh, the, what we'd finish the season, the closest person, might win a prize, might win something really cool. So make sure you shoot us over your guess and your prediction for our Clemson Tigers men's season over on Twitter, and we will keep track of those predictions. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it, and I can't express enough gratitude to each and every one of you who listened. Make sure you subscribe, hit that follow button, stay up on all the date with the Tiger Wire podcast. If you've enjoyed this show and you want to help us out, please leave a review and rate us five stars wherever you're listening to us at. That'd be a lot of help. Make sure you're looking at for new episodes coming soon. And the next episodes will give a talk through uh, about the opening night against Winthrop tonight and even to include some clips from our conversations with Brad in the press conference. We'll also walk through Clemson football and what our stance on Dabo and his team are at this point in the season. Join us over on Twitter at the tiger wire follow us there join in on the conversation and behind the scenes content on our social medias make sure you don't want to miss any of the action by joining us on all those platforms again thanks so much for joining us here on the clemson tiger wire podcast we hope you have enjoyed it until next time keep that tiger pride alive and roaring we will see you on the next episode as always go tigers